get me? In the garage with phonetic and brains. Yes, bruv, how's it going? Hello, mate. Happy New Year. It feels weird saying Happy New Year. It's like the end of January, but oh, I got you told off. Drift. Bad luck after the first <laughs> week or some nonsense, but ha- Happy New Year to you too, sir. Oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is Brains coming live from the Brains Cave, and I am Phonetics uh, coming from my living room. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could be a I've cave. No, it could be a cave. I it doesn't look much like a cave, does it? It's, uh, yeah. It's the it's the phonetics <laughs> layer. Who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah. So, did Father Christmas bring you anything good, mate? Uh, Father Christmas was good. Yeah, I've been a good boy. Always a good boy. So you know, got treats galore. I'm assuming, being that you were on the naughty list, you got nothing but coal. Oh. Otherwise, <sighs> is it false? It's a false advertising. Otherwise, isn't it? Ah, uh, my, my missus looks after me, so I must have uh, bypassed the naughty list somehow. But um... wait, so you're telling me I can take the piss this year and still get present? Well, I can only speak for is myself, sir. If you've got like some sort of uh, your missus at home is not treating you right, well, that's not a discussion for this podcast. Um, we've, got, we've got a fancy new smartwatch that was there. Thank you very lovely, much for lovely. Christmas and uh, new nice. headphones for the PlayStation, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, nice, I, nice. I was looked after for sure. Excellent. Um, doing dry January as well. Uh, well, I mean, look, I haven't labelled it dry January, but I haven't. I haven't had bourbon for a couple of weeks and I thought I'd be feeling amazing, like jumping out of bed, like on tiptoes um, at seven o'clock every morning. And I'd still, I'd probably feel worse if anything. Um, <laughs> Your body's still detoxing. My first question to you was going to be, where is the booze? Because I had noticed the... Uh, the lack of a bottle by your side there. So that explains that, actually. I hadn't, hadn't picked up on the, the dry January. So uh, thanks no, for the, the clarity I, there. I would, I would have been plastered, mate, I reckon. I'd say I've been, <laughs> been so, this is the longest time I've been without bourbon for quite a while. But I did get a, uh, a wicked bottle of Elijah Craig for, uh, for Christmas, which is one of the, you know, one of the best bourbons. Highly recommend it if you've got more money than cents. Um, uh, is that all gone then? Did you drink that? No, you, no, no, I'm savouring no, that. You're saving that, saving that for February. Can't, can't bring myself to to drink through it, mate. Can't bring myself to drink through <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, so for those of you that may be brand new to the podcast, we we normally kick off with looking at our top three favourite tunes each um, from the last month. Um, should we kick off into into this month's selection, mate? What you got for us? What have I got for us? Let me check my little list here. Uh, going to kick off with something in the Garage House domain, uh, available now on Soul City Digital. Uh, I'm really feeling this one at the moment. It's uh, really stuck in my head. And for that reason, I had to share it. I thought it'd be a good one to talk about. This is Make It Right. Uh, it's by an artist called Backup Plan. Deep inside, think that you know. Deep inside, I think you know that you are wrong. Give you one more chance to show Let you decide to make things right Deep inside think that you know I think you know that you are wrong Give you one more chance to show Let you decide to make things right Make it right Make it right, make it right Make it right, make it right Make it right, make it right 
Is that a little two-step break there I just heard going into? Indeed, I love the way it does that as well. It's quite unexpected, isn't it? It's, a, it's an all-round solid production, as we've come to know and love from Soul City Digital, the, the same label that regularly brings us high-caliber quality from changing phases. It's just a real nice vibe. It just like brings a smile to my face every time. Every time I, I listen to it, I'm just like, oh, I, I like this. I like this. It's just really nice sing-along, catchy stuff, slickly produced. Um, I'm not 100% on the bass patch. Like every time I listen to it, I'm just like, oh, I'm not 100% on the bass patch, but I can forgive it because it's just such a, like, nonetheless, it's just such a feel-good vibe and, yeah, like, it just gets me loud in my head, man. I just, just can't. Yeah. Even now, I'm sitting here with the microphone, I'm kind of nearly headbutting the microphone because I can't <laughs> stop popping. Yeah, I'm just going to stop talking and dance. You talk. I, I like the, um, <laughs> I like kind of like the haunting pads in the start, in the drop. That's quite a nice way that it builds up. Um, yeah, vocals, yeah. vocals, lovely. Um, I, I said to you before the show, I, I think 2022 is the year when Garage House starts to come back through again. I don't know what has started the trend, but I, I, from just watching what's going on in the scene, TM, um, it just seems like Garage House is is the way that people are slowly starting to move towards. And you've got kind of those ones that are straddling bumpy 4-4 with the garage house kind of side um, but as you say there's lots of it happening um, there's a few compilations coming out that's got all brand new stuff on um, but you know on this specifically Soul City Digital obviously just got real high quality artists on their label and this is a kind of nice one to add to their roster for sure really enjoyed it big up Soul City Digital it's yeah yeah I'm, I'm loving it I've just I've had it on loop the past couple of weeks it's just yeah right stuck in my head more please more please uh, and I know they will oblige so I don't mind saying more please <laughs> yeah okay alright we um top top pick should we, should we go we're going to my first one yeah what you got man right so this is from an artist I've only ever heard one of their other tunes and I really like that tune and then I've noticed that they did this remix and it came out so um I need to find what the actual proper artist name is uh so this is uh, Huis times Indigo Eyes uh, times Tora Lamb. Uh, it, that is the original artist. Uh, the song's called Sad All The Time, and on the remix we have an act called Tide. Yeah. 
yeah, I'd kind of put this into that cat category of uh, grown-up garage almost. Um, just a real nice combination of sounds. Uh, the the tune that they did before, so Tide remixed the tune probably about probably seven years ago now, I guess. Um, by an artist called Izzy Bizu called Give Me Love, and. I played that tune so much that I absolutely loved it to death. And if you've never heard that tune, please go back and find it. Um, it's such a wicked remix. And it was great to just see Tide have another tune come out that I say, I, this is the only other one that I've ever, that's ever been on my radar, shall I say. Um, and yeah, I just, it's not like the, the most hyped tune. It's quite chilled and relaxed. And when the drop comes, like, it doesn't really make you kind of suddenly start going mad. Um, but it's got like a whole, just a whole bunch of pleasant sounds. Um, and it was a real nice way to enter 2022 for me. For sure, I think I think use of the word pleasant there was very apt. I think that's probably 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 a good word to use for it. Very pleasant, and, and as you said, growing up, it's um, yeah, very very nice, soulful, chilled. Um, all good good words to use for it. The beat skips along nice. It's got a nice um, sort of quirky, plinky little percussive sound in there, which is slightly off the wall, but not too out there that it kind of catches you off guard. It just it's enough to kind of create interest, isn't it? Mm. Um, nice kind of soulful chords riding on top of that, and the vocals nicely done. I have I, I can't speak, you know, for the original really to comment on what's been done in terms of the remix because I've never heard the original. Um, I just know as a whole in, in terms of this this track as a body in itself um, appeals to my palate perfectly because it's you know a nice skippy soulful stepper What's, what, what more can you say I like it I love that you can do all this critique over the bad sound of a Skype line as well which is uh, <laughs> really super impressive and I hope you check back after when you listen to it after the episode and go oh yeah no, I was bang on I got it I got it well, no, I feel, I, do you know what? I think it's testament to a track if you can if you can get a vibe for it over a Skype line that says something doesn't it because if you can if you can appreciate the vibe of something musically, then then obviously there's something in the chords and the vocal performance. Do you know what I mean? If, if you can still appreciate it in spite of the terrible bit-crushing quality of an appalling Skype signal, that's saying something. Um, yeah, there you go. Completely. Hopefully the next one comes across nice and, nice and juicy because it's got plenty of low end and uh, it would be a shame to waste that over a Skype line. Ah, well, <laughs> the next one is... Uh... Straight out of the uh, the label uh, fostered by the the crown princes of Southampton themselves, um, indeed. Yeah. One from Garage Shared's uh, "Ones to Watch" twenty twenty two EP, which uh, I do believe uh, was released yesterday. Uh, this one from Ben Hydro is called "Astronomer." <laughs> Thank you. 
so many nice elements in there, mate. That's cool, isn't it? It's just, it's just fucking cool. I mean, you made the observation about like there being a lot of sort of garage house stuff bumping around at the minute, but there's also, I, I've observed there's a lot of this kind of bumpy, almost kind of Lost Years-esque 4-4 doing the rounds, which kind of almost treads a line between kind of the newer 4-4 and it's, it's not garage house, obviously, but it, it kind of leans somewhere... It treads, it treads a line somewhere that maybe the garage house lot could get on board with as well. Do you know what I mean? But like, there's this track. There's a few doing the rounds at the minute. That the first thing I thought when I heard them is you could take it, you could put it in those lost years that kind of we came through in like 2005, 2006, and it wouldn't sound out of place and it would have set prolific and 4x4 absolutely off. Like that kind of skippy 4-4 drums, those bouncing bass lines, those kind of jazzy keys... Um, yeah, just uh, they, they, they sort of real feel good vibes. Really, make, really makes me smile every time I listen to it, and it just um, yeah, it's not it's not kind of treading any new ground, but the ground it is treading, it's doing it's treading it very well. It's doing it really nicely. It's really pretty slickly done, and I would like to hear more of it, please. Than hydro and garage shared, definitely. Yeah, no, it's, it's pro- like it's properly polished, and the the keys in the drop at the start, the freestyling he's doing there is yeah. phenomenal. Absolutely wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've just started pushing this Ben Hydro guy. They've put a couple of his bits out. Um, I don't know how much other stuff he's done. I know I've got all of the stuff that I've found of his so far. Um, and he's, he's just, he's, he's uh, up and coming quite clearly. And he is, as they've said, one to what? Um, a, a great get for, for Garage Shed. And it's a, it's a wicked tune, right? Um, top work, Ben. Thank you very much. It goes back to what I was saying a minute ago about like you could, like if you get that kind of musicality and the vibe comes through, like even if you listen to that like over a phone bit crushed and at a, te- like a terrible resolution, like you would still get the vibe coming through. Do you know what I mean? It's th- th- those vibes, the vibes are vibe, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's it's just, yeah, like those keys that are going now, I can just hear it coming through <laughs> in this terrible Skype quality and it's still making me smile. So uh, yeah, loving it. Loving Properly it. Properly good work. Sorry, mate. I'm, I'm gushing, I'm gushing onto the next one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's a good EP all round. There's, um, there's four stompers on there. It is. Um, and it, it is. It, it, it bodes well for, for 2022, really. That that whole, you know, I, I could have, I could easily have picked any of the four tracks on that EP. There, you know, any four of those could have been discussed as, as one of our top threes, couldn't it? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good start to 2022 for sure. Cool. So my next one's a bit, it's a bit grimier. Uh, than than me me other picks that I've got this this uh, this month. Uh, it's out on Steppers Club and it's by a guy called Hamdi. And this tune is called Creepy Crawlies. <laughs> Hey! 
now you what you really need is a fat system to hear that huge sub bass kicking through underneath it that real gives you a proper kick up the ass um <laughs> Ham, hamdy is a guy that he's definitely just starting to get the props that he deserves um he's he's done over the past couple of years he's done some proper wicked kind of grimier tracks um and when he does tunes as well he he switches it up a bit so like they're not always kind of straight four four beats like he puts little switches in there and dropouts that real really throw you um and just and i don't know whether that's held him back or not because it might make a few djs a bit kind of like oh how do i mix this kind of thing um but I, the stuff that he's done um i've always highly rated him and i can just see he's getting out there more and more now um so this is just a kind of just a kickoff to the year with a with a bit of grit and um and you really do need to say have that fat kind of system to get get the uh, the sub bass um up the old knackers um but yeah i just thought i'd showcase this one big up uh, steppers club for putting it out yeah, for sure. I think basic human psychology, like it's like that fear of the unknown, isn't it? I think when you, you know, it crosses over into into musicality when people start experimenting. Uh, if you do something a bit different, it does tend to put the frighteners on people, and particularly DJs. And when you're looking at a niche genre, people are, are are kind of a bit reticent sometimes to pick up on something if it is a little bit outside of their kind of typical bubble and, and breaks the rules of what they're used to hearing and, and perhaps that has been the case with Andy. Uh, he does get very creative, I, I would agree, yeah, for sure with what you're saying. Uh, it's interesting that you picked this one off the release. I actually um, I, I was frantically um, searching for it online when you, when you started playing this one because I, I uh, I couldn't remember the name of the other um, tune on the release and I just wanted to kind of look it up. My pick of the two, because uh, I remember listening to this when I came across it on Beatport, I actually preferred Rejuvenated to this one. Uh, and I think nothing wrong with this track per se, but that that main lead line, the, the, the synth patch that he's used for it, can totally appreciate why he's called the track Creepy Crawlies. And actually the, the use of that, that synth patch for that lead line is perfectly appropriate for a track called Creepy Crawlies. Hey couldn't help but jar me a little bit like it's creative and i'll give him that like he's achieved what he set out to do but like it just kind of turned me off a little bit and i think that's why i was kind of leaning towards rejuvenated myself but for sure i definitely think it's like like you said it's definitely a club track or, or even like a a track for blazing in your car if you've got a big sub in the back it's the type of track when i was 17 and cruising around with my fucking ridiculous sub in my car i would have been absolutely cane in that one because yeah you play that on a system and you even on my little fucking shitty earbuds now, you know, when it kicks, you can just tell when that bass goes, that's just going to absolutely tear the roof off, isn't it? Um, yeah, big up. Um, Steppers Club always coming through with the quality as well. I'm always excited. What, you know, every time a new Steppers Club release drops, you know that whatever it is, and I like it because they mix it up as well. Do you know what I mean? You're not necessarily getting, you know... They, I almost feel like they, they do themselves an injustice by being called Steppers Club because you, you're kind of expecting it all to be two-step and it really isn't. They put out a lot of 4-4 and a lot of experimental stuff, but it's always high quality. Yeah, um, they had a good freebie at Christmas and all. Do you know what I mean? If you hadn't, if, uh, just for anyone out there that chases the freebies, there's a four-track that they put out for free on SoundCloud um, that had four nice bits on. Um, worth checking oh, am that I down. imagining that? Did, did that come out on Christmas Day or am I imagining that? I, I, I might be getting that confused with something else. There was there was something came out on Christmas Day which made me smile. I, 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 I don't know if it was that, that one or not. I know due, over Christmas there was a four tracker they put out, um, and one of them they've is actually by they've they've labelled it as by the Steppers Club, so which is interesting. I don't know who's mm. I don't know who's behind it to do the production on it, but 
Um, but yeah, say it's worth grabbing. Say it was a freebie. It's always nice when you get high quality tracks out on the freebie. Um, same with obviously, um, Garage Shared put out what the t- the twelve days of Christmas or whatever. Um, where there was twelve free tunes they done over over the Christmas period. Lots of stuff Mate, on Christmas. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love a freebie? Eh? Who doesn't love a freebie? Me indeed. And big up Duncan Powell for putting <laughs> out all of his dragon stuff for free once again on his Bandcamp. If you haven't grabbed that. Yeah, dive over to the Props. Duncan Powell, the big man's band camp. Um, so yeah, Props for that Duncan, that, that was my bit of filth. Um, you got some filth for us coming up now, right? I do. This is my sort of wild, wild cards. We kind of stopped, unofficially stopped doing the wild cards thing, didn't we? But like, I thought I would throw a little bass, a lengtastic bass action into the mix this month. So next up on Deep Rot is a track from Tom Ball by the name of Dumb, and I love it. It's uh, I'm about to get my my gritty bass face going, so hit hit play, hit play, please, Mr. Brains. listen to that and now I get why it's called dumb where the sample comes from <laughs> it's, a, it's a great little sample as well isn't it, it, it like you can't get to the drop and not chuckle it just uh, the first time I heard that I was just chuckling away to myself and then it dropped and I was just like ah yeah nice nice it's like a um it's like a perfect update on Speed Garage for 22, do you know what I mean? It's, it's all the, those kind of elements of classic Speed Garage, but just kind of updated slightly, just kind of slightly cleaner. Um, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, I guess depends on your original take on how Speed Garage used to sound. Uh, but it's just rammed full of energy, arranged nicely, smacks you in the face, plenty of bass there, it's gritty, it's hard hitting. Um, ticks a lot of boxes if you know if you like that kind of bass heavy hard hitting stuff um, I can see that doing a lot of damage in the right context played in the right club yeah Tom Ball does that kind of up to date speed carriage sound quite well he's, you know he's, he's been out a couple of years now from what I've seen and he's always in this area when he's making tunes 
and, and yeah, it, it, it's it, it's made for a specific audience. Does it really well, um, and he's out on Deep Rock, which is great. You know, Deep Rock have got their their audience and have obviously made quite a, a good brand for themselves over the past few years. Uh, my one criticism is going to be that they're now putting themselves as an art as, as an artist on every release they put out. And come on, Deep Rock, you can't. You're a label. You're not an artist. <laughs> this, this, all this PRS hackery is uh, it's a poor show. I, I don't know. I think everyone's just trying to make 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 a penny every now and again, right? Somehow, um, but you know, it's a, it was a good pick. But for the label, um, a good shout. Bit bit of a four four filth. Never hurt anyone, as as they say. But yeah, nice Indeed. shout. Top stuff. Yeah. Do we move on then to, to my last pick? Yeah. Have you have you have you got have you got any filth to follow that up? No. We on a come down now. This is the complete opposite. <laughs> we are going into. Oh nice. This is. We're, well, we're we're going back over over to the other side of the world, mate. This is ja- Japanese vibes. Um, oh, lovely! So, I, I wish I knew more about the Herb Shop, but there's a few of their tunes that have uh, started to do the rounds recently. Um, and this tune uh, by the Herb Shop is called "Summer Retour," uh, featuring a vocalist called Yosumi. Um, and on the remix, we've got a guy that we've uh, heard a bit of recently, Kayo. Um, alongside someone else called Tom I. So this is Summer Retour, Kayo and Tom I Remix. a real fun stepper real fun stepper um vocals lovely got no idea what she's banging on about but uh real nice vocalist <laughs> um the, the the selection of sounds they've used really appealing to my ears just I instantly went for it um the steppiness of the beats wicked um just you know it's a little bit eight bitty um in places just it's just love lovely composition and it's just got that perfect mix of the eastern sounds from Japan along with all of the UK garage bits that I love and I just I really like this one I really liked it I definitely considered it recently when I was uh, doing some updates on my, my jazz step playlist on Spotify um, it's interesting I, I know we've obviously talked at length in the past about um, Spain being kind of UKG um, country of the year and whatnot, but I think Japan is kind of hot on their heels um, uh, you know they're, they're absolutely killing it lately and, and Kaio 
is at the forefront of that. He's doing a lot of really great stuff. He's one of a number of artists who's really smashing it. And this track's a, a prime example of that. Like, as you say, the, the sound selection, the, the, the palette of, 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 of samples and synths he's used there is just it's really creative and um, creates, creates a really nice texture. It's just really fun. Yeah, I think the word used is fun. It's just really fun to listen to. It's nice. It's nice. It's a, a really creative remix. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Oh, and, so I, su- um, yeah, I super I'm, enjoyed I'm, it. Super enjoyed it. Um, every, every, everything I hear from Kyo just makes me keen to hear more, even if it's even if it's something that isn't necessarily sort of subjectively to my liking. I, I'm I'm curious to hear what he comes up with next. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just like this guy is is doing interesting stuff, and and that's what it's all about. So um, yeah, no good, good strong strong selection. I don't, I don't know anything about this. Is it Tommy? Tommy? I don't know. I, I need to go and I need, I need to go and scope scope him, her, whoever that is, out and find out a bit more. I followed actually some um, some. Uh, I think it's just a creatively entitled Japanese garage. I don't know who, <laughs> who it was cura- curated by. I'll share. I'll share the link with you. In fact, I'll share it on on the in the garage Twitter for anybody who's interested as well. But I, I followed it on on Spotify and I was just going through there and there's some absolutely cracking stuff on there. Um, some brand new stuff, but also some stuff dating right back to like 1999. Um, plenty of stuff on there that I'd never heard of in my life. And, and I would hazard a guess that probably a lot of our listeners have never heard of and that you probably never would listen listen to unless you're, you know, presumably from that part of the world because it's marketed to a different part of the world. Uh, but there's some really high quality stuff on there. And, you know, there's some there's a lot of stuff on there produced by Shinichi Asawa, who's, uh, you know, better known as Mondo Grosso on, in this part of the world. Um, that's you know, obviously kind of more on the poppy side of things, but it's strong, you know, high caliber productions, but two-step and really nicely done. And um, yeah, might just might be of interest. So uh, I just thought I'd mention that. And there's a lot of, lot of good stuff around. So, um, well, yeah. maybe they can I'm take gushing, it back. Gushing, maybe I'm... they can take it back from Spain. Cause I mean, Japan's obviously been out um, <laughs> like a, a, a garage country for many, many years. Um, but the, the they've always had their own kind of take on it so sometimes it may be a little bit too far over to the kind of anime realm uh for for, for my liking all the time but they they've always got these yeah. bits that bubble through that are amazing for sure um they do they do this really this really cool cool blend of kind of because if you, you you've identified before they do the, the kind of soulful jazzy kind of thing really well but then they kind of mix it up with the the 8-bit thing and when you combine those two things it, it works strangely well doesn't it it works better than it than it sounds on paper like it should oh i love a bit of I mean? we, we've kind love of it. we've showed we've showcased a few tracks haven't we Re- like in recent months on the podcast that are kind of jazz stroke eight bit that don't sound on paper like they should work and then you listen to them and you go that's really that's really cool <laughs> um and yeah the japanese seem to do that really well so let's uh, hope uh, yeah. 2022 is the year for eight bit jazz um well, in fact, do you know what? Let's get into the best of the rest because I've actually I've got one to mention on there, which sort of almost fills that criteria. So. Looking forward to you pronouncing Onwards. that one, mate. Um, cool. All right. <laughs> so that was the, the top three showdown. We'll go into the best of the rest. So, mate, do you want to go? We we'll go one for one, one line, one sentence description. You can go first. Go for it. Me to you. Back back to me first. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, I would have started with this one actually, but um, I, you know. We did, we did give me an award last month and I thought that was enough, enough stroking my own ego for the time being. So, uh, yeah. Uh, first up, I've got uh, Brendan Mills featuring Cherise Stanley with a track called Sweet Love, the Phonetics Jazz Step Mix, which is finally out on Riddler now. And if you haven't yet heard that yet, what are you doing? 
Go and get it now at riverrecords.com. That's all I'm going to say. So my first pick is uh, the latest one on Nouveau from MPH entitled Locked In. And I think it's uh, another symptom of uh, the pandemic and everyone being locked in in their houses. I think that's where this one kind of comes from, but it's a nice uh, bumpy 4-4 number in the true MPH style. Loving this one. Next up, we've got Fuji Kazi with a track called Karari, the Narken remix, which is available on Universal Music. I hope I've pronounced that all properly. It's a lovely, soulful, um, two-step reworking of Fuji Kazi's track. Um, it's just Japanese garage at its finest, um, as we were just talking about, and it's it's just nice. <laughs> My next pick is another remix of a Selector track. This EP seems to have been remixed left, right, and centre. Um, Selector and Leanne Louise, something about you. Uh, this time they've got the uh, the man from the US, Hans Glader, on the remix, and it's it's Glader. Just everything. He, he pisses excellence. We know that right now. Check this one out. Big tune. been a bit cheeky putting this one forward because it's technically not out until the end of the week but I figure by the time this episode goes out you guys will only have maybe two or three days to wait so um, you know just just be patient just be patient this one's by Howden Uh, it's called Echoes and it will be available on the 24 hour Garage Girls uh, UKG compilation 2022 it's another slice of Lost Era style for, for bumpy goodness Next one, great to see this guy uh, out to a strong start. Tough Culture dropping his latest track, Reality. And he's definitely taken it in a little bit of a different de- uh, direction to his uh, usual gear. He's still got that distinct Tough Culture sound, um, but this one's a bit bit darker and, and a bit steppy. Uh, check it out. Super creative, that one. Really creative, isn't it? Mm. Next up, guy we featured a couple of months back, Claybrook. He's back, this time with a stepper. Super soulful, um, jazzy vibes with a track called Kickback, which is available now via Ditto Music. My next pick is a bit of a darker one out on South Point right now. Uh, it's Kidder featuring Emro with a tune called Tonight. And yeah, just a bit of a, a dark step. Next up, my second pick from Garage Shared's um, 2022 um, EP. Uh, not 2022 EP, 
showcase of uh, ones to watch help me out here what's the ones to watch beg your pardon there you go good job one of us is paying attention uh this one <laughs> we get there in the end my friend <laughs> this one get up by laura alice is another slice of bumpy four four goodness feel good vibes My next pick is uh, an act by the name going of uh, Ilan Bluestone um, Mayor Levi, uh, featuring the vocals, vocals of uh, Alex Clare. Uh, and this tune's called Hold On, and we're listening right now to the Selecta remix. Uh, I think Alex Clare was the vocalist on that uh, Too Close tune that ended up on a microphone advert somewhere. Um, yeah, big tune, bumpy 44 vibe, check it out. I've got uh, next up my remix, the phonetics remix of Step In by BWK Project. I know you pinpointed the original one last month. Uh, I've bided my time and waited to coincide with the release this month on Downplay uh, out at the end of this week. Um, it's a, a retro slice of two step. Go check it. Conductor's back with his Kiwi imprint. Uh, he puts out his Kiwi Boosted uh, remix EPs. This one, he's getting a remix of his own track, Time, featuring Jay Gray. Uh, we've got Sammy Vergie bringing the 4-4 bassy vibes over this one. Uh, large tune, check it out. My last pick is the Vital Techniques remix of Desperate Need by Phone Vibes, which is available now on Second to None Music. Just a nice blend of sounds. Um, it's kind of got some soulful elements, some bass heavy bits, skips along nicely. Slickly produced as always, typical Vital Techniques style. Really like both mixes on that one, but um, Vital Techniques definitely brought the, uh, the fire a little bit more. Um, yeah, nice release, definitely. Uh, my my last shout is some more of my kind of emo-y, hipster-y garage uh, I'm going to put it down to. Uh, this is an act called Stay Loose featuring Andrew Paley. Uh, the tune's called Cold Comfort, and there's a remix by Arcane on there. And yeah, say it's it's a bit kind of um, emo-y. That's what I can say. It's, it's a bit hipstery, and um, yeah, I just I, I like the sounds on it. It's got that eight-bit tinge to it, and uh, and and a vocal that, that appeals to my ears. Just ch- check it out. We made it through. Loads of loads of eight bit goodness today, and an eight bit discussion, isn't there? You notice that? I don't know. Maybe it's the year of twenty twenty two, the year of eight bit. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're I, seeing a resurgence of eight bit. I was. I mean, I was really into like pushing towards the eight bits when I was um, like, I say producing music when I was sitting in the studio with uh, with my mate when we was putting out tunes as Orpheus. Uh, you know, we was loving the kind of eight bitty sounds there, and we were sampling anime and putting that into our tracks, and it was kind of. I think a lot of it, when I hear that, the, the 8-bit vibes there, 
it takes me back to kind of that when we was making that music. It was been ten years ago we was doing it now. Um, so I kind of instantly linked to it. But then when it's like a kind of modern spin on it, um, yeah, it always, it always, I always connect with it straight away. Should I say? Um, but from from the modern, should we should we go back to to, to days of days <laughs> of yonder? To, to, to yesteryear. Days of <laughs> <laughs> um, for, so we, we regularly journey back into what we uh, passionately call the forgotten years. Um, what pick have you got from the forgotten years to talk about this time around, Rob? Mate, I'm taking us way back, way back. But bearing in mind we are now 2022, right? This one is 18 years old. Holy shit, I'm old. How, it's no wonder we're both sitting here yawning. I was just sitting here thinking to myself, I'm so tired. Like, and I apologise for tripping myself up in that last segment and forgetting my name and where I am because, like, obviously I'm older than I realised. But yeah, this one, 2004, came out on a white label, um, sold by the truckload, um, was by a guy called Lee Reese who came and went fairly quickly, um, but delivered this before he went. Very good track called I Remember. Holds a lot of nostalgic uh, value for me and, and some nice memories, having some good times. Uh, I, I love it. It's just a sort of a nice, feel-good, bumpy 4-4 number, which seems to be my vibe of the day. I seem to be saying bumpy 4-4, feel-good vibes over and over, don't I? <laughs> Shall we get it on? Let's get it on. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is one vinyl I never owned, and this is this was the. I think we spoke about it before. This is one of the. I stole this tune from Direct Connect, I think. Um, DC plus <laughs> plus. Yeah, but I never ah, had it on vinyl. Blasphemy, blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember buying. I, I didn't own the vinyl. I bought the MP3. I can't remember which store. I was trying to say to you. I trying to remember the name of the store, but it was so long ago. <laughs> it no longer exists, and I no longer remember what it was called. But. Um, yeah, interesting story about this track because I remember speaking to Lee about it back in the day 
Um, and it was, I'm just going to take my earpiece out, funny myself think. It was bloody earbuds piping the sound of. Um, it was supposed to be um, signed for, do you remember the Pure Garage Main Room Sessions yes. CD? It was, it, a, a contract came through for Lee for that. Now, I don't know where that vocal was taken from, but it's obviously sampled from somewhere. I don't know, someone with an astute ear amongst our listeners, I'm sure, sure will be able to tell us where it's been uh, pinched from, but it's obviously been sampled from somewhere. Um, quite creatively spliced and pitched up or down or whatever and arranged quite nicely. He's, he's done quite a good job creating a nice backing for it there. It's all been done very, very, very nicely. Um, but basically, he had a contract come through and they were prepared, Warner Music was prepared to do the sample clearance to get the rights so that that track could all be officially done, used on Pure Garage. Um, and Lee was living with a guy at the time. Who I, I, don't, I don't know the full ins and outs of the story. I don't wish to create a war, uh, but for whatever reason, didn't tell him that the paperwork had come through for it. Lee was obviously away or whatever, didn't get the paperwork, didn't return the paperwork and hence it never came out on that CD oh, as it was supposed to um, and so the release just died a death with the vinyl release fortunately for Lee obviously it sold a fair few um, copies on vinyl before that happened but I think he made a few quid from it nonetheless but a bit of a shame because I, I, mean, I mean in retrospect when you listen to it it's a really strong um, track which potentially had, had um, the you know had scope to to do a lot more damage and go a lot further than it arguably did because it was um you know a real sort of underground success i think it's probably fair to say during the, the, the early portion of that lost years segment um a time when it sold a larger number than than later lost years records did um alas such is the way the cookie sometimes crumbles and i, and I think yeah, you and I briefly sort of touched on this before we, we kind of came on air, didn't we? And we were discussing uh, the potential of Lee. And I think you can you can hear that the guy definitely had skills. When you just, even even the way that the vocal's been chopped and arranged there, the organs, uh, the way that he's compressed and mixed things down, because, you know, he was, he was a young guy when he produced that track. What hazard a guess he's probably a similar age to us, right? So we're going back to 2004 then, what was he 20 20 tops something like that to to produce something that technically sharp at that age with that little direction um hadley sort of stuck around had he been given the guidance who knows what he potentially would have been making by this point it's a shame it's a shame that 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 release that feature on on the main room sessions didn't come off but that a boatload of money didn't come his way that he didn't have the incentive to kind of keep going and that that that's that, that sort of natural skill and propensity to kind of create those bangers what wasn't kind of nurtured and developed but uh yeah yeah there, there I, you mean, go. It I enjoyed that one nonetheless you it, know. it came out kind of that, so that 2004 like you're saying it sold like quite a few units then that was because that was the year when like so garage kind of started dying and death uh, as as grime started splitting um like the the kind of standard garage sound with was, was break step was kind of going away and then going more into grime and then when the, the, the Lost Years re-emerged with the, the newer kind of 4-4 and more uh, warmer sounds that were missing from it around 2003 and then the start of 2004, that's when kind of all these more, uh, I don't say immature artists, but these newer artists were coming through and putting vinyls out because that's all there kind of was. Um, and it was allowing them to, to shift these units. And that definitely was picked up in that era. Um, and because I, I, I Lee was 
prolific on the Uptown forums as as Trancy Boy, from what I remember. So I, a lot of people kind of knew him within I for, the scene. I forgot about that. Well, his name was Trancy Boy. Trancy Boy, I just I forgot. I that. always think just for seeing Lee Reed, it's just instantly Trancy Boy, Trancy Boy. Why was he into trance? That's all I think. Um, but yeah, so like, it, and I mean, there was so many. Like that was when kind of when Scott Tonic first dropped his EP in those kind of years. Um, there was the Mad Hatters EP that came out. Um, you know, and then obviously all the early solo stuff were all unknown artists at those points. Um, so they were, you know, it really was kind of an opportunity to break through because you couldn't just go as you can now go onto an MP3 store and buy anything. Like you literally still had to go to a record shop if you wanted your garage um, and listen through all those vinyls. So it, it really kind of was a prime time to hit uh, a niche audience that had its listeners um, and would allow you to kind of shift those units. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish think- I, go on. I was going to say, I think, I think that time, what, what you were just saying, it ensured, I don't want to, I don't want to sound negative or slate anyone, but I think it ensured a, a higher level of quality control because to be in a position like Lee, as, as best I know, Lee self-funded that release and did it himself, right? So in order to, to, to jump through the hoops and commit to pressing up 500 vinyls, I believe he did a, a fair a more number than that. I, I don't know if he started with 500 reaped in the benefits of the 500 got more pressed up but in, in order to do the 500 you needed to front up the money to do that you needed to be assured you needed to be confident in yourself that you had a really strong release from the get-go whereas there's no re- there's no longer that that need is there in the in the digital era you could i mean and I, I don't want to accuse anyone of doing it anybody can just produce any heap of shit and just go fuck it i'll put it out there and i, f- I feel unfortunately that that does happen and, and that's why you every dj is wading through a myriad of shit to find the good stuff you know back in those days that wasn't happening and, and the, the releases weren't so abundant but the releases that were there i'm sure there were shit releases don't, i'm not saying there weren't shit releases but i think there was probably an element of people really having more of a self-belief in their releases and when they were putting something out really going oh fucking hell i've had to pump 800 quid to get this release into the shops i've had to drive Four five hundred miles around the country to get it into all the record shops. I'm sure as shit gonna absolutely fucking hammer the promotion on every forum. I'm gonna go on MySpace. I'm gonna email everyone I can. I'm gonna get on Emerson. I'm gonna plug the shit out of it. And that doesn't happen so much these days. Sorry, I'm waffling. I'll let you carry on. No, you're not waffling at all, mate. No, (laughs) at all. I'm smiling when you mentioned MySpace for sure. It's (laughs) way back in the day. Um, Showing my age there, mate. God, do you remember there was on MySpace there was this DJ DJ Heavy Grinder was the woman that had all of the all of the links. She was on everyone's profile. <laughs> she was like Heavy Grinder. That does ring a bell. That does ring it, a bell. She was just like a, a good-looking just... female DJ, but there wasn't many female DJs back then, and she just ended up linked. It was it was like a like OG Instagram thought, like but like MySpace styley. Um, oh yeah, way 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 back. Um, nothing to do with garage at all then I just that was just for some reason that's instantly what came to mind there um yeah it's say it was just I, I wish i'd picked up a copy now I, I i remember i didn't at the time because for whatever reason something irked me about it i think i don't know whether it's just that synth sound still grinds on me a bit when i hear it but you know it's still a, a, a nice tune and i and i wish i i wish i owned it there's a bit of garage history there that i've missed out on um, and it and it does kind of give me the memories of the good old Uptown Forum days, which we talk about often when we come up with the forgotten years. Um, so yeah, nice pick, nice pick. And I managed to avoid talking about the Bogrel video. Um, <laughs> let's move on. 
Don't get started. Don't say. <laughs> yeah. Crack on with the next one. So, on. so the reason I put so the next one is also another tune that I never owned on vinyl. Um, the reason I picked it is because it's a good opportunity to talk about R and G, um, and it gives me very good memories of a particular mix CD um, that did the rounds when this came out. Um, and I'm sure, hopefully, you remember which one I'm talking about as soon as I play it. Uh, so the tune I'm going for was uh, one of the. Uh, lead vocalist of, of the R&G movement, which was Rhythm and Grime, if you don't know that, uh, back then, which was Gemma Fox. Uh, this tune is called Gone, and it's Da Vinci on the remix. Oh, and it's cool. Oh, Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Paper chase. Paper chase. Two face the barrel. Essentials. Oh. Right. And it's cool. And it's cool. That's King 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 Ling 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 on my face telling me what you ever to go is so no we ain't even gotta go there you're hounding me but you're surrounding me telling me how i should be ain't supporting this around here oh. you think you're tony soprano would you rule so you better let go cause i ain't feeling the cut your feeling ain't no love no you better back off you got control of me owning me without you even knowing me but i don't like the things you're showing me so it's time you moved on you moved on i'm not done with the aggressiveness stressing this cause i'm with the possessiveness but i'm sick of you depressing this so goodbye you're gone Right, so first question is, which mix CD am I going on about? I cannot remember. Go on. You cannot remember Rossi B and Luca, More to the Floor, Volume oh, 2. Oh, of course it was. When it drops in and two. they had a special of that tune playing on it. Um, they did. I had Volume 2, I remember, yeah. I mean, More to the Floor, Volume 2 is one of the greatest mix CDs of all time. Um, it was so, so well done. Um, yeah. And yeah, that that just this this tune. This is it was that mix CD that made me fall in love with this tune. And obviously, Da Vinci was doing so many bits back then uh, with the rhythm and grime movement. So as I was saying earlier, it's like you had that split of um, grime going splitting out off into its own thing um, and kind of leaving the rest of Garage behind. I mean, that probably started with Wiley Eskimo is the tune that I would say is the first one that started the proper splinter into its own kind of thing. Um, but then R&G came out which was like grime but then they were trying to make it a bit more musical with vocals and then that started to kind of bleed back into the other side um, and yeah this was just Da Vinci was obviously one of the guys that was doing that R&G stuff um, and this featured Essentials which was like a South London MC crew at the time there wasn't a lot of people repping South at the time so it was good to see them out on a track um, and yeah, I, just, I think the main thing is just the memories of that More to the Floor Volume 2. And if you've never heard that mix CD, um, do yourself a favour, go and find it on SoundCloud or wherever it is and just enjoy uh, the itchy scratchiness of, of Luca um, and Mr. Rossi B's solid mixing because it is such a, a classic mix. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how you feel about RNG. Available? I don't know if they're still available, are they, the More to the Floors? I've definitely, I've definitely still got them all. With, with Rossi B and Luca's permission, they, they gotta be. They gotta be out there, mate. They gotta be out there. They gotta be still available. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. No, they they were great. They were great. I must I must offer my apologies to Da Vinci because I know when you when you said when you before we started the episode you you said to me oh, I'm going to go with this one and I went oh yeah I, you know I never really rated Da Vinci and upon listening back to that do you know what like it was it's decent it's de- and I, and I think sometimes upon reflection you kind of appreciate an artist a bit more than you did at the time don't you you know. Maybe at the time when I was a bit younger, I just didn't appreciate 
the creativity that was there with that. But yeah, now reflecting on that, I do, I do like, I do like that. And and yeah, it does bring back fond memories of of those more to the floor CDs for sure. I couldn't identify it, but um, <laughs> I definitely will be listening to those later tonight when we go off air and uh, cracking those out while I have a drink for sure. Um, RNG, I made a couple of RNG bits myself actually. I did, I did dig the vibe. I didn't do them as well as Da Vinci, I have to say, but um, it was it was a cool a cool blend of of different styles. And I'm all for kind of fusing fusing different bits and pieces. And that was always my one my one qualm with those kind of early rhyme tracks was that they weren't musical enough. So when you got those guys came along and they were kind of trying to kind of infuse like a little bit of a more kind of soulful musical element in it, I was all for that. And I really liked. I liked the more polished stuff, which I know didn't really take too well because I think it kind of, it was almost odds with what Grime was about. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I really liked the scandalous stuff. There was some Carly, I know when you said you wanted to do like an RNG pick um, and I said about the Carly Bond one that, um, that Scandalous produced, I think it was called My Life. That was the one that stood out for me, but it was just, I almost feel like it was too well produced. Do you know what I mean? But like, for me, as a as a nerdy boffin producer, that's the one that sticks out because it was so well produced. Um, I loved that. I loved the the kind of the fusion of of grimy elements with the really kind of slick, polished bits as well. Um, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's, it's probably not something I I would kind of. I don't know. It's not something I would almost put under the garage umbrella, though. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not some. It's not something I I think I would ever kind of factor into a garage set, even if I was getting getting a bit darker i think if i was going to go you know if i was going to kind of play a set and then i was going to go and kind of go oh yeah like reading the crowd looks like we need something a bit dirtier i would go all out dirt i might drop an eskimo if it looked like eskimo was appropriate i don't think i would necessarily go oh yeah like i'll drop in some rng i don't think it would necessarily occur to me do you know what i mean and i know that even when i've seen ez do i saw ez do a um like a garage in fact, it was one of the best sets I've ever seen Ezer do. He did a set at the, I'm trying to think what the club was called. It might have been at the end. I think it was at the end. I went to, I think it was a Shogun Audio night. We're going back some years now. Um, and he was in the second room. This is back when Ezer used to do clubs and when he wasn't, you know, only doing festivals. Um, and he did, a, it was like, a, I think it was like a two hour set. And he started off like way back in the mid 90s. And then as the set went on, he just basically did like year by year. It was like a chronological set. It was fucking mental. I've never seen him do a set like it, but I fucking loved it. So he worked his way through. So obviously he started with all the, like the old kind of retro 4-4 as he went through, got into some two-step. Then he kind of started moving into grime. Um, and I don't recall him doing a lot of the RNG stuff. I think he kind of bypassed it. He kind of went into Eskimo, obviously did all of your your bongo and your war, you know, your musical mob and your Johnny Cash mm. and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't remember there being a whole lot of Da Vinci in there, though. I don't know if that kind of stuff is almost of its time and left in its time. It's almost the forgotten years of grime. Oh, it's yeah. It's, Does that make it's, sense? It, it never Does really blew. Sense? It never really blew. Um, it, and it is, that's why I thought it was just a, a, a great thing to talk about because it was like, it was being pushed as RNG was this new kind of, vocal way to get grime into the masses but the masses weren't interested yeah um i seem to recall cameo really trying to hype it in a big way on his one extra show he really he was really like you know rng rng like he was really shouting about it wasn't he and it obviously just never took and i think that is because you know like you're talking like with grime you're talking about 
it's it's almost in trying to like I I admire it. I admire the 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 the, the ingenuity and the, the the business savvy of trying to do that and, and trying to go look. We can get this this sound and we can we can take it off in this direction. But it's almost like trying to sell meat to a vegetarian, isn't it? <laughs> it's like taking a it's like it's like it's like going to a real diehard hip hop fan and then going. Oh, I've got this this Mary J. Blige track that's produced by Dr. Dre, and them going, well, yeah, but it's not a hip hop track. Do you know what I mean? Which is essentially what happened at the turn of the century, like in in the US, isn't it? It's a similar kind of thing, and I think that's basically what happened. It was almost just it was just a a bit of a, a mishmash that didn't quite gel, um, which is a shame because I think yeah, potentially it would have really had it taken, it would have created some really cool fusions, and I don't know. Maybe it's something that comes back. You know, Grimes really kind of transitioned into something a little bit different now. You know, like it's, it's sort of barely recognisable, isn't it? You know, Grime compared to what it was even five years ago. Grime is so like, it's just ever, ever changing. It never ceases to amaze me what, where Grime stemmed from, what it has become, probably what it will become down the line. Yeah. So who knows well, what's, I mean, what's, so what's I mean, you never found its time. Um, but Rossi B and Luca managed to make it sound amazing. So again... Check out more to the floor, <laughs> volume two. Um, Absolutely. Shall we step in to our gassing topic for this month? Gassing, yes. If we decide on what we're going to gas about, are we going to start? Well, we're going to talk about track lengths. This is this is a real. This is another hot potato, isn't it? <laughs> we do like to, we do like to we do like to discuss the hot topics. But it's one of those ones as well, isn't it? And I know we've we've kind of touched on it in the past because obviously it, it crops up. It rears its ugly head, as it were, on social media, and I see certain DJs. I'm talking about you, DJ Big Man, um, on social <laughs> media frequently, um, posting, uh, moaning, I should say, <laughs> uh, about track track lengths or the lack thereof. Um, and and obviously, I don't think it even necessarily applies to garage specifically, uh, but obviously, in the context of what we're discussing in this podcast, we are looking particularly at garage. Uh, and yes, it's probably fair to say there are a lot of shorter tracks around these days. Uh, and obviously there are reasons for that. Um, and obviously those reasons annoy DJs. Uh, it's probably best to hand over to you for a minute, actually, because I know obviously, I mean, obviously I, I'm now doing my radio show, so perhaps it's, perhaps it's going to start annoying me now more, more than it has done in the past. Because I've always, I've, I know we've kind of talked about it in the past and I've always just kind of gone, nah, I don't really give a shit these days because I don't really DJ so much. But now I'm, I'm playing on Trickstar, aren't I? So now maybe now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start going, oh, I wish I'd done an extended mix. I know whenever Higo does a track, you're always just like, where's the extended <laughs> mix? <laughs> I mean, well, I, I suppose when you're DJing, the, the, the main part of it, when you're doing the sort of DJing that I do, which, you know, classic kind of, a vinyl DJ for dance music, you're you're mixing the intro of a song into the outro of an old song. You know, old older songs would be even longer than what a song might be nowadays with like a huge minute and a half, two minute intro of just like beats and build up. Um, and then the outro would then be similar, so you could layer it back out the other way. Um, I think a lot a lot of that as well was not just symptomatic of um, the the need to mix because you wanted that length of time, but probably because on vinyl it wasn't always as easy as it is now. Like now, you can just, you know, everyone moans about the sync button on CDJs, but you know that every single person that now digital DJs is looking at the BPM counter when they when they're mixing. 
So, you know, it's the same as sync, apart from the fact that you're saying when to press start. Um, it really irks me when people moan about sync because of that. Um, but I think because you've now can lock a mix without even really thinking about it, like you can trust your equipment, there's no need for you to spend all of that time kind of queuing it up. Um, so I think that, that was kind of the first change in trend. But yeah, I mean, to, to, for me to layer another tune in and there's no kind of intro to work with, it can it can be be very difficult sometimes. I mean, I've found myself having like you know eight eight beats to work with, and I have to kind of just put that on loop and mix it in and and with with effects to be able to go from one tune to another and really kind of stretch it out as long as I can just with those eight beats. Um, and I understand. I it never really occurred to me why tunes have changed that way to be kind of shorter in length and go straight into the kind of drop until I heard you kind of talk about it once, where it's like, you know, it's totally the, the, the attention deficit nature of today where everyone's streaming everything or they're looking online for stuff and you've literally got to get their attention straight away. Um, you know, people yeah. are not going to sit there and listen to two minutes of a beat intro and wait for the tune to drop. Like, you know, they, they need to be, have it thrown straight in their face and then they've, there's literally seconds then to make a decision whether they're into this. And I, you know, I, when I listen to music, I'm and and selecting it for my radio show. I'm pretty much trying to do that myself. The same way, I'll put the pointer in the middle of the tune and find the drop, and then I'll know that after the drop is kind of around the drop time is what I want to judge it on. Um, so I get that, yeah, and I think yeah, I think a lot of that kind of shortening has just manufactured it so the drop is instant rather than big build up. For sure. I mean, if you're if you're a DJ and, and you've never sort of dealt with labels, the first thing a label will do when you submit a tune to them, if they want to sign it, is go um, like assume that you give them the extended mix first. The first thing they will do is is come back to you going, "Can we have a Spotify edit?" That's the first thing any label will do to you. Now they will want a two and a half to three minutes tops edit of it, and they will run with that as like the main version of the track with the extended mix as as the one that the DJs buy. So. I mean, as you say, it goes back to the attention deficit thing. And, and obviously we've touched on this in the past, but just for the, the benefit of anybody who missed the first time we touched on it. In essence, right, 95% of music, I would hazard the, the, the figure, has probably gone up since we talked about it the first time. The vast, vast majority of music is consumed via streaming services these days, right? Which means the vast majority of music is, it needs to be tailored towards that market. Um in order to obtain a stream, you need to maintain someone's attention for at least 30 seconds, because if someone skips your track within that first 30 seconds, that, that listen doesn't count as a stream, and therefore the artist, the label, doesn't get paid for that stream. So of course, as the artist, you want to keep that person's attention for the first 30 seconds. Now, as you've correctly identified there, Greg, you don't want somebody to listen to 30 seconds of drums and go, fuck this and skip it, because that would defeat the object of what you're trying to achieve. So you need to get straight into the gubbins of the music. It would be that with either something a bit more creative than drums or, or, or be that just skipping the intro altogether, dropping in something kind of music or something to kind of capture the attention. Um, I think the thing for me and what I always try and do with, with, with my tracks is I always try and start with something. Even I, ha I have an intro generally that is workable in some context for DJs but I'll always start with some kind of musical element or something that's just a bit more interesting and creative than drums, just that, that kind of grips people's attention. Something that you can just kind of listen to as the listener, as somebody who isn't a DJ. Um, and then kind of work from there. 
Uh, but what I don't, I think, I think what I'm struggling to get my head around with a lot of these guys that are producing two and a half minute tracks is why. And I think this is the frustration of people like, like DJ Big Man, who I see posting about stuff on social media and like yourself, who are understandably get frustrated about it as well, is why people aren't doing a version for Spotify plus an extended mix. Because there's a lot of people who are just doing the edit for Spotify and that's it. Because it really doesn't take, you know, if you've got the main body of the track done, you know, what I've started doing with my tracks now um, and I don't know if I'm being lazy and doing it this way. I mean, it just seems the logical way to me to do it. I now have kind of started working backwards. What I used to do was start with the extended mix and then trim it down for Spotify. So I had two versions. I now do, I start with a Spotify mix. So I start with a track and I aim to make it about three minutes. And then I just build an intro and outro onto it afterwards. Right. So I can kind of start with a version that I know is going to be perfect for Spotify and then just lump the intro and outro onto it. I don't understand that that barely takes me any work to do. And whichever way around you do that, whether you start with the shorter version or the longer version, it's peanuts work, you know, when, when you're talking about it in the grand scheme of things. I don't understand why people aren't doing two versions. You know, every, almost every release I'm doing now, I, I put out, I, I, if, particularly the ones I'm self-distributing and self-releasing, I run sort of five or six different labels now. Um, you know, outside of Riddler, I, I run some other ones which people don't necessarily know about me and through various different platforms and aliases for different genres and whatnot. I would usually do a Spotify edit as the main mix and then an extended mix. What I tend to do on Spotify and the streaming services, Deezer, Tidal and that, I will have the shorter version, so just the shorter version. And then when I release them, to, so I, when, I, when, I, when I distribute them, I distribute two versions. So, so, so one version is just the shorter version, goes off the streaming services. Another version, which is the shorter version plus the extended mix, goes off to all the download sites, Beatport, Juno, TrackSource, etc. So that DJs like yourself, so that DJs like Big Man, so that DJs like the other people I've seen moaning about it on social media, when they go on there, they have the, the option. Because there are DJs, there are other DJs I see that, that, that don't necessarily moan about it on, on social media who do actually want to buy the shorter version because they don't, they, they, they DJ, but they don't DJ in the same way as you. So they don't necessarily mix. They have shows where they are just um, literally looking to go through, they don't, they don't mix back to back. They just, they're literally kind of dropping tunes and then, you know, they're, they're a different kind of DJ. And I know certain shows and even shows like BBC Introducing, they don't want you to upload extended mixes of tracks. They want the edit because they, they don't have the time to sit there and go through five, six minute tracks. They just want basically bite-sized things to get straight into it for their listeners because their listeners, you know, don't want all of the gubbins. Um, so you need, you need the options there. So, so I like to offer the options for the download sites, but it, it isn't hard to do that. So that's, that's the bit that I struggled to get my head around. Um, it's quite easy to cater for both parties. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of waffling. I, I think it's good for people to have insight into why, why why artists are, are, are doing it, why, why tunes have got short. And I, I think we've kind of covered that in terms of the streaming and, and, and how that affects things. Um, equally, I think it, it's good for artists to kind of have the insight of the fact that actually DJs, I, I don't know, perhaps some of the artists coming through that are producing these really short tracks, have, have they maybe not DJed themselves? Have they not contemplated the fact that it's really difficult to mix with a track that's got zero intro in it because yeah i mean as i say it's no it's never bothered it's not really bothered me in recent years because i you know i stopped playing out you know a fair while ago now and and, and I, i'm more of a listener 
really than I am a DJ. Um, so, so it's kind of something I've shrugged my shoulders at over the years. But even nonetheless, even even when I haven't been DJing, like my tunes, I stopped doing drum intros quite some time ago on my tracks um, for different reasons. Actually, the reason you know, and I've had some moans about it, and we touched on this in a recent episode of the podcast, um, where I mentioned that actually I'm doing a deluxe version of Jazz to Feb, Jazz to FM which is out next month where I am doing drum intros on all of those tracks. Uh, but I actually stopped doing drum intros on my tracks several years back. Cause, um, I don't, did I, did I, did I touch yeah, on this? Yeah. I was going to say, I sent a, I sent a promo out and, and my drum track got ripped for an official mix. Did I talk about that? I don't know if you did. I don't know if, I don't know if I touched on that. I sent a promo out several years back to, to, um, a, an artist bigger than myself who just basically nicked the drum track off of my promo used it on an official remix they did that they got paid quite handsomely for. And then their official remix came out using my drums before my track that I promoted them came out. So then when my track came out, it looked like I'd rinsed their drum track and it thoroughly pissed me off just on principle because it looked like I'd rinsed them when actually it was, it was, it was to the opposite. Obviously I'm not going to go naming names, but needless to say that person didn't ever get any promos from me again. And it made me second guess doing drum intros. So if you're wondering why I don't have sort of solo drum intros on my tracks anymore, that's part of the reason why. Also, because as we touched on on, on, on the last episode, I think was it more than a phase that had said it's just a fucking boring way to start mm. a track. And I know we talked about the old Todd Edwards track, didn't we? And, and it's true, it's just a really un, uninspiring, uncreative way to just have like, you know, 32, 64 bars of nothing but drums. It's just a bit dry. Uh, you definitely need something in there um, to keep you, keep you interested. I mean, I was talking before about having something to chop in on the mix is always nice. Um, having little sounds and cutouts and things you can bring in. Um, and yeah, just playing drums can be boring, but it, it's still, it's, I still think it's just having that watered down version. It does. It just, it, it helps, it helps you to mix. Um, I think I think for you as well. I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I know that obviously you're very musical, and for you to hear key clashes in tune, I think I've noticed that when you mix, you wait until there's like as little as possible going on in the tune, so you can bring the next one in. And I always assume that's because you didn't want the keys to clash on on the oh, tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, key, key. <laughs> I mean, that's a different. Do you know what key clashes in music? I, I'm going to write a note down for myself now because that's something that we need to have as a gassing <laughs> discussion at some point. Entire that's an entirely different gassing discussion for another episode because key clashing in music in general is just unforgivable. It's a sin, <laughs> but for sure key clashing in mixing. Yeah, if I can avoid it, I do because yeah, to my musical ear, it makes me want to want to just put a paper bag over my head and and and. And I just locked myself away. I mean, that's what they used to say. Um, <laughs> that's what. That's why they used to say Tiesto when he was because Tiesto is obviously nothing to do with garage, but he would fill like arenas um, and and large kind of music venues of just doing of him mixing other people's tunes. And and this was like you know it was on vinyl and it was when everyone could DJ, but for some reason Tiesto was doing it to a. a a level of like a, a large pop artist, he was mixing in front of people doing that. And the thing that they said that he used to do really well is like key matching and getting the tunes to go together like perfectly from that kind of perspective. And it's something as me, because I'm a, a musical idiot and not really a musician. Um, it's never been super duper something I've been conscious of over, over the years. So I know I've definitely uh, been guilty of some, uh, some key clashy mixes and I do my best to, drop out frequencies to avoid some of the parts so that it doesn't grate on the ears too much. But I can hear when it's going wrong. 
Um, but yeah. you know, I, I think there's more of a of a, a chance of that happening if it's pure music when it starts. You've got no opportunity to kind of transition from one to the other. Yeah. Uh, you, you're kind of taking yourself away from that there, and that's that's one of the first things that comes to mind. Because I know if if a tune starting with no beats and just like a a, a pad and a vocal, um, my options for mixing that in is very very kind of low. I have to wait till there's no vocal on the current track playing. Minimal music effect so that the music effects from the new track that comes in has to come in. There's lots of things that I have to consider to make that mix work. Um, yeah, and, it, and that's kind of, un, I guess that's going through my head consciously, and that's probably why these other people complain the same sort of level. Um, and it will just oh, yeah. makes makes total sense. It's it's a, it's a minefield. It's a minefield for the. It's a minefield for you as a DJ. It's a minefield for the artist. I know it's, it's something I've given a lot of thought to, like in preparing the the deluxe version of Jazz Diff FM, because I'm like, well. How do I go about it? And what I've essentially ended up doing, I've, I've kind of almost bitten the bullet and gone against my principles. Because like, like I said in the last episode, one of the things that a few people had said to me was like, oh, I love these tunes, but like some of them are quite difficult to mix with. And I, I was just like, well, how can I make them easier to mix with? And essentially what I ended up doing was what I just described to you, basically loading up the project files, sticking some drums at the start and the end of them. Obviously, it's like a little bit more in-depth than that. I tried to get a bit more creative than just that few filters and some rises and just something that like have a little bit more interest. It's not just that bland. Um, but that's essentially what it is. Just so you've got like a little bit of time to have a little bit of a lead in before anything musical comes in there. Um, I think you can kind of, as an artist, from an artist perspective, it is perhaps you need to be selective in terms of what instruments you're using. If you are going to use musical elements in there, because certain instruments you use, don't clash like other ones do. So if you have some keys or some really elaborate pads come in, those are going to clash a lot more than if you're using like um, a, a picked or, or muted guitar or something. Do you know what I mean? Something with a, with a much shorter decay. Um, so perhaps that's something for artists to contemplate. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, ultimately, it's, it's just a minefield in general. I, I, I go back to what I said before about, you know, you ultimately, I think you, you, you just need two versions of every track. And maybe the... The, the, the way to approach two versions of every track is to have one that is specifically for streaming services where you don't give a shit or a second thought for the DJs. And then the other one is specifically, right, start with drums and then have 16, 32 bars of drums and then have the musical elements of, uh, you know, coming in. And I mean, I know that's certainly what I'm looking to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a radical idea. Yeah. I mean, tunes have had radio edits for as far back as I can remember. It's just, I think, the new wave of so many people self-publishing, it's fallen out of habit. And people, I think they just yeah. don't understand to do something professionally. Maybe you should consider having, or maybe they feel like that they're not going to hit um, a radio play, so they don't need to worry about it. But then nowadays, Spotify perhaps, is radio play almost people, right? So Perhaps they aren't selling enough of those you know, perhaps they aren't selling enough extended mixes to warrant their time doing it. Perhaps that's what they're thinking. Because I, I know, to be honest, like looking at my sales figures, and maybe maybe I'm just slating myself here saying this, but looking at the sales figures on the download sites, maybe they're looking at them and going, it's not worth the effort. Maybe they're looking at them going, oh, you know, I'm, it's so, so heavily weighted in favour of streaming services. I will just tailor it towards the streaming services because about 10 people are going to buy the track. So why am I going to bother worrying yeah. about tailoring it for the 10 people that are going to, perhaps that's the thinking. I don't know. I'm just, I'm speculating there and saying that, I guess it depends who you are. You know, it depends how many you're selling, how big your following is and that there are certainly artists 
who are selling a lot more than that. But I would wager that actually it would be interesting. It would be interesting if we could have, maybe we need to do like a type form type scenario or something where we just get people to submit their, their sales statistics or something <laughs> via, via our Instagram page. I'd love to see like a cross section of who's doing what in Garage just to kind of gauge it and see how it compares against what I'm looking at because it's, yeah, it's, 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 re- it's a really fucking sorry state of affairs out there. That's all I, all I say from my perspective um, in, in the grand scheme of things, certainly compared to what it used to be. Maybe that maybe that's having an impact on on why people are not bothering to do um, extended mixes and whatnot. Well, hopefully we've got some producers that are listening that can uh, give us their feedback onto their approach and how they feel about this whole discussion sure. themselves. It would be interesting for sure to hit to hear some different perspectives. Definitely. Yeah, if you want to hit us, uh, make sure you drop us an old school email. Uh, feedback at <laughs> in the UK is the address. Um, if you're more modern, you can uh, drop us uh, an IG uh, at in the UK garage or slide into our Twitter DMs with dick pics or other messages. Um, well, Twitter and YouTube seems to be the way to go. I was going to say feedback section's up next, isn't it? And it's all Twitter and YouTube mo- mostly. Yeah. Do you want to jump into that? Do you want to jump into that? Do you want to read some uh, of that? I mean, I, I, I was, I was trying to very time, smoothly segue into it there. Rob. I don't know if you noticed. Um, yeah, I mean, let's, uh, let's jump in. I mean, yeah, you, 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 do you want to read them out? Because you, I think you do a better job than me normally. Yeah, thanks, mate. I do try. <laughs> Well, if anybody's following us on Twitter, they would have seen actually that we reposted it from our Twitter account last, last time because um, Strictly Flavor did a, a sort of series of tweets in response to the last show and, and raised some very interesting points. But for the benefit of anybody who didn't see it, I'll read out those tweets. Um, so Strictly Flavor says, Great show as always. Really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on what's been an amazing year for UK Garage. Shouts to Nightbase for Pippin as the best label. Well deserved. As a discussion point, I thought it was interesting about the amount of releases leading to another lost year era. Uh, era, sorry, beg your pardon. I'm not American. <laughs> uh, I used to have a similar viewpoint, however, having stood back and looked at underground music as a whole, I think Garage now finds itself in the same position as drum and bass, house and other genres, where there are non-stop high-caliber releases. This should hopefully lead to more exciting, interesting and creative DJ sets, with DJs having a greater selection of new releases to pick from. It will also probably lead to scenes within the scene, TM, <laughs> I've added the, C- the TM in there for Brains' benefit. Um, as certain DJs lean towards certain sounds and producers, and any, and producers as, uh, as, 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 as certain DJs lean towards certain sounds and, and producers, full stop. Anyone can be part of Garage these days, and the clicks which once controlled the scene no longer have any relevance or influence. The walls have been broken down. Garage has levelled up, and it's not going to stop. <laughs> I mean, it's a fair point about the kind of subgenres um, and the, the, the new crews that are breaking out i mean things like like kiwi's got a great brand going right and they've done club nights where they're, they're kind of crafting their own kind of kiwi sound um and i and i can see the you can hear the natural subgenres that are emerging within garage so i completely feel what you're saying there um yeah yeah and yeah sorry for not giving you best label um strictly flavor <laughs> I feel a bit bad for it now but this um yeah I think reading between the lines, he understands and 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 says, uh, you know, it was it was well deserved. I think I th- you know I think we went over that last month. Yeah, completely. <laughs> he said about the, um, the high caliber releases. I, I when I was listening back to the to the um, the award show, uh, it, this is which is what this is in relation to. If you haven't listened to our award show, please check out the Xmas special. Um, we need to count the number of times we said high caliber because I reckon it was probably about fifty. And uh, <laughs> every time I heard it, it started to grate on me. <laughs> ah, 
Find find a new <laughs> phrase. Find a new phrase. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, I I completely in agreement with everything that he said. Um, Gary, like the garage is amazing, and it's my favorite genre. And yeah, I mean, I think I've hinted on the fact that you know house definitely struggled with it for many many years with so much music coming out of it that you have to focus on a particular subgenre otherwise you're forever trying to fish through everything and you just drive yourself insane yeah yeah i, I agree in large i mean the only thing I, I i i'm not entirely sure about and i did voice this when i, I spoke to strictly flavor in person about it when, when i when i read this was in, in terms of the clicks and um people not having any sort of relevance or, or control that definitely are people that do have influence and, and that can hold people back and, and being in with certain people definitely does do you favours. That definitely still is a thing, albeit potentially to a smaller degree. Um, there definitely is still some clickiness. And, and I do think having the right mates, knowing the right people, having the right people behind you definitely is still going to do you favours. I, I mean, he's not necessarily saying it does you no favours. Um, I do see some people doing the rounds who don't get the credit they deserve still. Um, Perhaps that changes in time as the walls continue to be broken down and things continue to change. But um, I think I think the comparison to drum and bass is, is quite apt. Actually, looking, you know, I'm, I'm a long term fan of drum and bass, and, and I, I don't think I'd necessarily made that direct correlation between the two until reading those series of tweets. But I kind of looked at it and, and gone, yeah, actually, do you know what? I, I think he's he's on the money there. It's quite a fair comparison to make, especially with the the, the, the kind of comment about the scenes within the scene and and. DJ's learning to leaning towards different sounds and, and I like the prospect of that. That's yeah. Like you said, you can you can see the emergence, can't you, of different sounds and stuff. And hopefully that frees frees things up and um you know it kind of creates more more scope for more opportunities for, for different people with their different sounds. You know, because if you're making a certain style that's not kind of necessarily breaking through on a grander scale, but actually there's a big DJ who's representing bass heavy wampers and 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 they pick up on you and you go out to that kind of side of the scene that, that could be a good look couldn't it you know yeah completely um, um well big things big well thank things. you uh sweetly flavor for for listening back to, to the last show and, and and dropping the comment on on the twitters always always loving the feedback he's always always good for a bit of feedback. so we we, we did um, get a lot on youtube right so the with the, the um yeah the next few were, were through on youtube and uh thank you to everyone that left oh, race the through these so race yeah, race go for it mate go for it go through them ultra g quality again lads love the top tracks listing from all the artists out there showing how much di- how diverse but also how much talent is out there I'd forgotten one or two of them as there's been so much released keep up the great work and big up ultra g because he's just launched ukgarage.live Recommend checking that out for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Uh, Baker uh, says, what an episode and an end to a mad year. Thanks so much for your, all your hard work putting this together. Well done to all the nominees and oh, winners. Another guy big up yourself, nominated Baker. him and he didn't win. Looking for- but, he, but he starred in it. Well, may, 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 maybe, maybe he wins this year. We'll see. He's, <laughs> he's definitely off to a strong start. Um, Housemaster uh, politely complimented my antlers. Big up, sir. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Somebody slid into my DMs with 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 a comment that simply said, "I've got those antlers at home," and I can't remember who who it was. But big no, up, no, no lie. Christmas well. Day, we had exactly the same antlers out playing the ring toss you had game. The same ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cats twenty twenty uh, twenty twelve hit me up on Discord. Another great episode. Enjoyed the awards and totally agree uh, with what you guys were saying afterwards in the gas section. Big up yourself, sir. Um, Merlin prompted me earlier via WhatsApp actually with a. Um, a, a, a discussion point for a later 
gas in topic. Um, he, he, he said, um, does the underground exclusive club do more harm than good to the music? And he said he was sat in today waiting for one of these much hyped super special exclusive limited edition dub plates um, in brackets, which aren't even real dub plates these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, are, tre- are DJs treated like mugs by labels that hold, hold DJs at arm's length to make them feel so special that they have to hand over their hard earned money to play their music? And I think it's a valid point, which I did say to him, well, we, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, but certainly, I, I think that's probably a valid point that needs discussing at some point. So, uh, yeah, definitely come back so to that. Is that for sure. So, is that in regards to the promos that are not promos on TrackSource vibes? Um, I, that, I mean, Merlin and I went back and forth. That did come up. That, that was being discussed. Uh, I think it goes deeper. That I think, you know, I think um, we're talking about, yeah, I think we're talking about a raft of things. But yes, that is one of the, one of the sort of, sub brackets of that conversation piece um i know you obviously feel strongly about those promos dub plates exclusives i the words that get banded about that appear to have little meaning other than give us more money for the same track basically yeah, but i mean I, I feel yeah. what you're saying there in terms of like being in exclusive clubs i mean i used to battle with it like wrestle with it a lot way way back where you see a lot of people getting promos um and they'll be playing all the tunes that are not out yet. And then obviously you just, you'll instantly be jealous. Oh, I used to be jealous all the time of tunes I couldn't get my hands on. Um, and, you you know, you have to make those kind of connections and links to be able to get on those lists to get those tunes before they come out. Um, and then it'll be about who, who you know to get the tunes early. Um, and then some people will have promo lists that might only be quite exclusive to certain people because they don't want to give out the music to everyone because it'll can their sales. And it can become a bit of a kind of, right, who knows who to get which tunes first. Um, and then yeah. people will have their own kind of sets of promo pools. Um, and I guess kind of what he's saying about getting like, held at arm's length sometimes doesn't make you feel special and, and whatnot. It can feel a bit shitty. And I think it also ties into um, what you're saying about with clicks and who's in control of the scene. Like, it's it's all part of navigating music. Like, it's just... It's a shitty, shitty business, regardless of what genre you're in. There's very few scenes, I think, where everyone holds each other up um, in unison in, in a kind of friendly way. You know, there might be pockets of it that happen at times. Um, and then a lot of the times it falls apart just because it, it's not sustainable because someone wants to fuck someone else over and, and you know, yeah, get further. Yeah. It's, it's a dirty, dirty business. Um, it really, really is. Do you know what the... You're, you're spot on. The sad truth, you, you know, you like to think that people are inherently good, but the sad truth of it is that a, a lot of people are looking to dick each other over and get one step ahead. Uh, and that translates into music without doubt. Um, and, and yeah, certainly if somebody can get one ahead, then they're going to. Um, and that, you know, that definitely comes um, at a price and certainly in, t- in terms of clicks and exclusives and all that. I mean, it, it harps back to what Strictly Flavor, I think we read out some feedback last month from Strictly Flavor he made another good comment about when he was talking about promos um, and how um, I think he said something to the effect of he believed that all DJs should be um, rooting out their own music. That was part of the process of being a good DJ, right? And how actually um, he, he found sending promos, promos out to be of very little benefit and that actually there wasn't really anybody that was in, in a sort of leading position that everyone was looking towards. You know, ideally what you need in a scene like Garage, I feel, and this is my personal opinion, so you know you may well disagree, but 
you need you just need a, a sort of central a central vocal dj don't you that's leading the way and i know we we kind of touched on it last month you need a central dj that's that's leading the way that gets the promos and and i i think you know the buck just needs to stop there everybody else just goes and buys the tunes wouldn't that just make it that would make it a whole lot easier for everybody else that would make it easier for the labels that would eliminate all the clickiness that would eliminate those feed, those bad feelings for the DJs and and the legwork for the for the I mean, labels wouldn't no, that, it, wouldn't sa- it sounds so utopian. Much, I, know, Rob, I'm being it sounds utopian. Being, I, I know, I know, I know. Every I know. single <laughs> DJ would just be like, "No, I'm that DJ. I want to be the guy that gets all the promos, not this prick. Yeah. Whatever he's playing, he can't mix, and he doesn't know what tunes he's picking. Fuck that guy. Yeah, it's yeah, me. Okay. okay. <laughs> But then, if you said, if you, it, but, but it's very clear, it's very clear cut, isn't it? Who's the best? Who's the best DJ in garage? Uh, you think it's clear cut? I want to hear who you think it is. Who's the best DJ? Who's the best DJ? I mean, in I'm garage? guessing Go you're going to say EZ. Yeah, it's hands down. No, no one touches EZ, do they? Like okay. it's, it's been EZ from the get go. Like has, has it not? Like if you're talking about technical proficiency, yeah. like, no one touches EZ. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah. do the same thing he used Can to we, do. His 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 position in the scene. It's not the same as it was 10, 20 years ago. But if he was the only one getting the promos, he would he, he would be like his... Do you know what I mean? His position would have to be that position, wouldn't it? If if we all made this unanimous pact now, if everyone just went, right, EZ, if we all contacted him and went, right, we've decided under instruction of, of, of Rob and, and Brains, we're all going to send you our promos. You are nominated representative. Right. Expand your weekly Nouveau show to two hours of only new upfront music. But then, but then, <laughs> just, but then what I'm you there. get, you get two hours of his lackeys and what they've listened to and what they've decided is the ones to play. And then it will be the ones of yeah, the people yeah, yeah. that have got the connections that are in with him are more likely to get played. And then you've got the same symptom. It just, it, I get, I get what you're I know, saying. I know, Greg. I'm being idealistic. I'm being <laughs> idealistic. I'm, I'm talking in an ideal world here. I, in an I ideal just, world. It, I did start by saying in an ideal yeah, world. Yeah, you did. I, I, you I, did. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's bullshit, isn't it? The whole, like, you, you're right in saying that it's, it's just, it's navigating music on the whole, but it, it's just frustrating. I think it's frustrating. I find it frustrating as fuck to be somebody who, like, I consider myself, like, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I consider myself pretty proficient at what I do. I find it far more frustrating and difficult than I feel it should be to get my shit heard and played by DJs. Um, that's a really frustrating position for me to be in. And it's frustrating for me to hear the DJs at the other side are frustrated to not be getting promos because it, it means that obviously I'm sending promos to DJs that are ignoring them when there are DJs that I'm not sending promos to who would willingly play them. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's just, it's just a bit of a ridiculous, and that's not a criticism of, of, of those DJs. Do you know what I mean? I'd happily send promos to DJs that will play them. It's just the whole situation is just a bit shit. And, and it just, it's just frustrating on the whole. It's frustrating for everyone. It's just, just seems, just seems kind of ridiculous. It's a shame we just I, can't eliminate I, I, it altogether. Is, is my point. To go back you know to I mean? kind of the original discussion, though, about how it can be a bit, I mean, I think what Merlin's getting at is it can be a bit much on your mental health to see all this stuff going on. Um, and I th- yeah, and sure. I think social media is a horrible amplifier of it. Um, and I think you have to learn to switch off. I mean, I know that I've been, I've struggled, struggled with it over the years. And you, if, if you're, if you're going insane because of what you're seeing on, on Twitter and Instagram, do less Twitter and do less Instagram. And that's, I know that's the way I kind of keep my brain in check. Cause I know that I would just, 
as soon yeah. as I start delving into that thing and I see what every, everyone else is up to and I'm just like, oh, I need to be working harder. And, you know, some people might get inspired to work harder. I, I You know, I've, I've got no more hours in the day to dedicate to this thing. I, you know, I'm in the, the twilight of my, if you can call it career, if it is one. Um, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this for. Um, but, you know, if you're going insane, dial down the social media. It's so, it's so much better for you. Um, and that's just from my own personal experience. And just try to chill out. Really just know that. that everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah. Everyone is trying to show the, their best self online, which is hardly ever real. Um, and you just need to believe in what you do and do what you do to make yourself happy and fuck everyone else. Just find what makes you happy and focus on that and fuck everybody else. That's, that can be my only advice to someone that may be struggling with this. Um, I think that's a very good, very good summary there. I mean, we said it time and again, haven't we, in terms of social media. I, I, you know, I, I, I do the same, log in, post my shit and log out again. It, it, it does mean we, you, you know, you do get shit from people who go, oh, you're not supporting my shit, you're not reposting this. Someone straight up said we don't support other people, <laughs> yeah. right? I think I see someone else. Just... Yeah, got some, got some, I, 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 yeah, we got some abuse, didn't we? You don't, you don't do this, you don't. Well, we've said, like, we've literally said on the podcast, and we've we've justified that we don't like. We both I, literally I said mean, this, haven't we? It's, it's I would love personal. to be able to go through and repost everything and support everyone, and it's just like I just I'm not capable of it. Some people are amazing at social media. I am. I'm not, I'm not good at socialising in person. Um, do it online yeah. is just even worse. So, uh, apologies if anyone sees and, me as ignorant. Mate, I want to be friendly, and I am friendly. And then there is there is some. There are some people who, who have so much time on their hands that they get aggrieved by something you've posted online and have time to, to follow all your socials and pass, p- post laughing emojis and all your statuses yeah, yeah. and stuff. But we won't go, we won't go uh, into that. Yeah, if people want to be <laughs> passive-aggressive, that's fine, mate. I don't know. Oh, laughing emoji back. Happy days. Um, I think that probably wraps it up nicely there, Rob. Um, it was uh, nice to Indeed, chat to you as always, guys. Um, we better give out the, the, the feedback address again right quickly before I start dialing it down. Um, so again, if you want to send us an email uh, or get in touch with us, feedback at intheukgarage.com. Also hit us on all the socials um, at in the UK garage. Um And on the YouTube comments, we love them as well. So thank you everyone below this video. Yeah, big up Rob, man. And also be sure to check out intheukgarage.com forward slash recommends to listen back in full to all the tunes we discussed uh, in full length today on the uh, on. Uh, on the episode God, I wish there was a way we could catalogue everything we've ever spoke about because the list obviously got so big we had to dial it down um, yeah do you know what in hindsight it would have been cool to have like two uh, playlists mm. wouldn't it well what, what we should have done is had like a, a current one and then a retrospective one I could do that I could do that if I if I had a couple of weeks spare but yeah, you've got to pay the bills mate <laughs> you know let's, let's prioritise eh prioritise yeah. well anyway alright well let's wrap that up mate um yeah, great chatting to you as always. Um, Indeed, and, mate. And I guess I guess I'll um, see you again next time, eh? I'm like a bad virus, mate. Keep coming back. <laughs> Inappropriate yeah. timing to be saying, yeah. isn't I? That's right. There's Omicron's uh, dipping yeah, out. That's right, yeah. Lockdown's <laughs> easy, mate. You can say you can make virus jokes again. That's fine. Um, we will be back, uh, contagious as ever, um, in a month's time. So I guess uh, until then, big up and thank you for your ears. Layers. You get me? In the garage with fanatics and brains. <laughs>